1: In the house, howdy, everybody! This is Jasper Cole. We are live, and we are back after about a six-week hiatus. You are coming to us with us right here, and I'm in Palm Springs, California, but my trusted co-host is in Los Angeles. Please welcome everybody—the one and only Mr. Ralph. (laughs)
2: What a piece of work is man. Hello, Jasper. I thought I'd leave the show with a snippet from the musical Hair.
1: And you know, it has been a coon's age since I have seen you or talked to you. And for all of you out there, I am talking about a fucking raccoon. Don't start at me with your PC stuff about calling Ralph a coon. I in a raccoon, and Ralph doesn't know he's black anyway. Go ahead. Okay. So, anywho,
2: with all of that said, I am happy to be back. I am fully aware of being Negro and love it. <laughs> so, no, I really do, Jasper, because I embrace it. Well, what choice does anybody have? Even um, uh, nobody can change their race, right? Like, we can change our gender, but you can't change your race gear. Can you imagine? No, like, Michael I, Jackson
1: tried, remember? He believed. Okay, chicken. he's like,
2: hi, I'd like to be Latino, please, thanks.
1: So, oh, well, oh, don't forget, know. that's Alec Baldwin's wife, remember? She, she pretended to be Hispanic up until she got busted recently. Oh, my yeah. goodness. But no, <laughs> yeah, for all of you who don't know that, Google um, – Alec Bottom's wife. I can't even think of her name now. But you're right, it's very hard to, to hide your race. And why should we? I mean I'm yeah I'm a, no, I'm a quarter Native American and I you know, we cannot say Indian anymore. We can't say Indian uh because it's uh, it offends people. So yeah, we have there's to say so Native American.
2: God, it's, it's such a drag to things that have changed. Like I liked saying Oriental. That always made it seem really Asian to me to say Oriental. It, it seemed more exotic, you know, and then you texted me that we can't say master bedroom anymore. Master oh, bedroom. it's
1: primary, primary bedroom, oh, primary bathroom. Wow. Well,
2: you know, I mean, it's a good
1: says, thing we're not over at the Celebration Theater because we really, we would not be surviving with all of our politically incorrect statements, I guess.
2: Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs>
1: what, what, what a celebration. <laughs> boomerang. Now. Okay.
2: Yeah. And boomerang. Yes. That's what, her. You, know, her. you Boom. know, it is just like, wow, the LGBTQ theater. AI plus. AI plus is being rocked with scandal and allegation and accusation. And,
1: wow. Um, well, for those, for listeners who are outside of Los Angeles, we are referring to um, the long-running LGBTQ uh, theater, live theater called the Celebration Theater in Los Angeles. Um, there was a big op-ed in the Los Angeles Times uh, this past weekend that was uh, written about alleged uh, sexual harassment and inappropriate behavior going on at the theater that's been on for decades, I guess. And it was kind of brought to the surface. And one of the um, people interviewed is our listeners are familiar with Michael Taylor gray, who is, has been part of our breaking the news segment over the last few years. And um, Michael Taylor gray, you know, expressed his opinions about his experiences there. So yeah. And Ralph and I, you know, we are, like 6 degrees of separation connected to several of the people there um for any of you interested you just google i guess celebration theater LA times and you can read the read the article and and make up your own mind but you know i i there's i have opinions on it i guess the bottom line is um where there's smoke there's fire and mm-hmm. i'm sh- i'm sure you know, there's a lot of truth to what's being said. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, the person that's being accused, we know very well. And, um, you know, I just think everybody, let everyone have their say and people can make up their own uh, own minds. But I, I, I applaud everyone involved for speaking out. And, you know, hopefully whatever happens, um, behaviors will change and there'll be a new environment there. Because if we don't have that theater, there's no other... LGBTQ the LGBTQ theater in Los Angeles,
2: right? No, yeah. I agree with what I agree with everything you're saying. And according to the article, there's new management, so things are have already started to change there. And right. um, yeah, and they'll continue to thrive like every other organization that is rocked with scandal continues to do. And
1: um, there, well, you yeah. know. I want to give a – I do want to give a um, deep shout-out to my my friend, Arlene Galanca, who passed away mm. a couple days ago. Um, I just a lot of you will know her from maybe RFD and the Andy Griffith Show, but just sitcom after sitcom after sitcom and voiceovers. And she was one of my very first acting coaches when I moved to Los Angeles. And then we were both with um, – Judy Fox management for many years and then uh, later later on I had the great fortune of being her manager for a few years. In fact I was her manager when she booked her very last uh, job which was uh, King of Queens. Um, At the same time Norma Michaels was also Mm. on King of Queens and Ralph this was right before I met you actually Um, and then Arlene had to retire because she started having, having memory problems and which began a 10 to 12 year, you know, journey with dementia and Alzheimer's. But um, she was in in a a memory care facility in West Hollywood after she had moved out to um, Palm Desert for a while. So anyway, she has a wonderful just spirit all the way to the very end. And my condolences to her sister Zoreen and Chicago that was her only fam, remaining family, and she had some amazing nieces and nephews. So, much love, Arlene. Um, everyone. The great thing about when someone, when a performer dies, you know, their their body of work lives on. So, thank mm-hmm. God for TV, TV, Land, and Me Me TV channel, and all those old reruns. So, um, she'll live on forever. But Ralph, also, since we've been off, you know, the COVID has taken a great turn. I mean, we're certainly not over it and it's and it's still we're still in a pandemic, but the state of California is one of the top 12 states now for being 70% uh you know vaccinated and it's just been an amazing turn of events and I, just kudos to President Biden for getting these vaccinations out Kudos to Fauci and the government, and it's amazing when you think about. It's really only June, and the vaccinations have only been out there really for three and three months. Mm-hmm. And how much has gotten done? So exactly. I exactly know. I know for my life, it's completely changed. Um, I mean, we're you know we're still cautious. We still have to wear the mask in rest, uh, restaurants when you're seating, but. We're back out enjoying friends and having people over to the house and going out to dinner again. And it's, uh, I'm going to be traveling for uh, two weeks. My my dear girlfriend from Georgia is coming in tomorrow. Monique and her son, Sean, will be here for six days. Um, so we're going to have house guests and I don't know. It just Are you feeling in Los Angeles? Are you seeing, more people out and about and things getting back just quote unquote normal
2: not necessarily because i still haven't ventured out like that
1: so i right.
2: i went to trader joe's and it was status quo and the traffic has always been full where whenever i've gone out but and to your point i haven't uh segued into out being out and about yet
1: okay right um well it's just i mean it's just a totally different energy in the air and you know it's a little it's a little weird that in less than 2 weeks the mask moratorium's going to come but be lifted in California but i think you've seen recently every private business um can make their own rules and i think the majority of businesses in California are going to require some kind of mask uh wearing because it the funny thing this whole thing about we're on the honor system of the vaccinations, it cracks me up. But the other thing I want to quickly talk about is only in this country would we be such dumbasses that Ralph, did you see that some states are having to offer like full college scholarships, you know, money, incentives. Uh, Biden's doing this statement. The president is endorsing this thing about get a vaccine, have a beer. Like one of the beer companies is, I mean, can we just can we endorse like alcoholism and vaccination?
2: Wow! <laughs> at the
1: same time, it's it's kind of embarrassing because I'm I'm working with a company in Toronto right now. For instance, you know, Toronto, Canada is way behind us. I mean, they are still on a lockdown. Um, my producers I'm working with have just gotten their first vaccinations. I mean, so they're looking at us, going, "Wow, you guys are having to." You know, give money incentives to get some people to get vaccinated, which is scary. But I don't know. I mean, the good news is, you know, we're getting closer to the to the percentages that Biden had wanted. Um, I, I'm just glad that people in my immediate life are all vaccinated, and That's everybody I feel. spending time with are vaccinated.
2: I agree now, what do you do when you 're with somebody and that you find out they're unvaccinated? You just make sure you're wearing your mask right?
1: yeah, I just wear the mask, and it's kind of like i I think you and I talked about this years ago with hiv i I mean I used to just assume everybody was positive,
3: mm-hmm. so
1: even though we've all been vaccinated i like i'm still not hugging people, kissing people, shaking hands with people. We had some friends over for dinner and I don't know if it's, there, is, there is something in the gay culture, especially of those of us of a certain age, where certain gay men want to kiss each other on the lips. I don't know if mm. you notice noticed that, like at parties. And mm-hmm. the one friend immediately, like, went for a hug and a kiss, and I was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I can't. We're not, no, I don't think I'm ever going back to that, you know. Oh, wow, and you guys were maskless? Oh, yeah, we've all been vaccinated, but it was, but still, I just didn't, you know. No, I don't... I,
2: no I, I'm i so glad to hear you say this, Jasper. I hugged a woman for the first time, the first person besides my mother, um, throughout this pandemic, I hugged. Her mother sadly passed away, and my friend was so nice enough, I wrote you to donate mm-hmm. all the leftover supplies that her mother was using for Rose. And we took a selfie together. We both stayed masked. We're both vaccinated. But when we were in my driveway, she wanted to hug. And rather than deny that hug, I hugged her, and I thought, okay, in this brief moment, you—if if I had had my druthers, I would not have hugged, but Mm -hmm. because you said, let's hug. I thought we both are wearing masks. We're outside and we're vaccinated. So I I feel like, you know, we've done every, you know, we've done the most that we can do. So that was my first hug in all this time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like you, like I'm, I have hugged a few people, but the kissing part was like, you know what I mean? It was just, I, I've never been really comfortable with that in general. You never kissed anyway.
2: But I know what you're saying. Gay men do that all the time, and I don't. We shouldn't just say. I mean, no, we should. We're talking about gay and LGBT. Well, it's also.
1: You know, you're right. It's also cultural. Like Italians are very. You mm -hmm. know, certain Greeks and Italians are. You know, men kiss each other all the time. I'm just not that. Like I'm not a big hugger. I'm not a big hugger anyway, especially if we're not. Closed, or if I'm not, if I just meet you for the first time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but especially now, I've just become a lot more <clears throat> germophobic pr- post-COVID, regardless of. Well, COVID. we can't help it. We, <clears throat>
2: you know, that's why there's so many transitions happening, and people are saying that you know we've been I, because we've been isolated for so long, things are different, and things are. It's like this has all been denied us for over a year. And now it's all being released again. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not ready to just, you know, hug and kiss, you know, um, because it's so close to being, ta- it, it's so close to just being taboo. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, you to your point about HIV, when my friend was diagnosed all those years ago in 1988, we used to always smoke joints behind each other. I mean, pass joints back and forth to each other. And then when he announced he had AIDS, it was like, it was so weird to all of a sudden just stop passing the joint.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: and we never did. And I we continued to pass the joint. And at that time, it was like my thinking, I mean, this was like when he had lesions on his arm. So it was still like, oh, my God, this it, it's so scary. But something wouldn't let me stop passing that joint because Mm -hmm. it's like, how do you, it it was just so weird. Like we always did it. And now I get this information and now we just abruptly stopped. So we never stopped, you know, and the rest is history. So it's like, well, and also
1: like people have to remember back with the early days of AIDS, we, we really did. We didn't know for a long time how you could catch it. I mean, Mm -hmm. until they figured out it was only through, you know, sex or, blood transfusions. So a lot of people were freaked out about kissing or touching or, you know, that's why I don't know if if listeners are, are watching the show pose um, on FX. This is the last season and it's coming down to the finale. And it, it really is back. It's for those of us who live during the AIDS crisis of the eighties and the nineties, it's, it's a retelling and a reliving of that period. And it's, it's just so, Powerful because for it just takes you right back to that that time period and Billy Porter is just knocking out of the park and I think since we have been on you know he came out and talked about he's been living with HIV for the last uh, 14 years so kudos to him for speaking his truth and living his truth but also guys I just before I forget you know please remember to follow us on social media I want to thank everybody. Our Instagram account has just blown up. We've mm. gotten thousands and thousands of new followers, as has um, at Jasper Cole says. And now I have uh, an official fan page on Instagram at Official Fan Club. Thank you to Lisa Rodrigo, publicist, who does my fan page. But is also the reason our, our guest today, after Dan White from General Hospital, is a client of hers. So I'm so excited that he's going to be joining us in three about three minutes. He mm. plays Elijah, Elijah Crow on General Hospital. So I want to hear, you know, fellow actor, talk, hear his journey. Uh, he was born in Mississippi and wanted to see how how it was booking this job. And um, was it self-tape? Had he read for Mark Teschner before? Oh, wow. You know.
2: Yeah, we love those questions and answers.
1: Yeah, because he's a journeyman actor like we are, and uh, everyone Ralph Cole Junior. will is starting to audition again, and we it's just a matter of time before he will be gracing your television screens. Mm, um, thank you, Jasper. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to Jennifer Stalen, our oh, dear client, who is guest is starring awesome. on the Pam and Tommy. It's called Pam and Tommy, but it's Pamela Anderson, Tommy Lee miniseries on Hulu. Um, she's playing one of Pama, Pamela Anderson's best friends, uh, Angie. And she's getting to work with Lily James and Sebastian Sands and Seth Rogen and just Nick Offerman and uh, Craig Gillespie, the director who did I, Tonya. And, guys, this is her first, really, network TV job. I mean, she mm-hmm. was SAG-eligible. But this is her first big TV booking, and she really booked a big one. So we are so thrilled, and she's getting to work like six days, and she's in almost every scene. And
2: Oh, uh, it is
1: so exciting, and she's beautiful. Absolutely.
2: I just love watching her. She's so stunning.
1: Yeah, everyone, you can follow her at Jennifer Stalen, S-T-E-H-L-I-N. She's also a – uh Raiderette cheerleader which she booked last year so it's you know it's it's a lot of great things happening for her a lot of things happening for Newman Thomas I want to say congrats to Lance Paul Josh Anthony and myself we just got a new docuseries option by Buck Productions in Canada my second show I'm working on with Buck Productions and Buck Productions has their new series called the 40-year-old property virgin That has just dropped on hgtv it's also on discovery plus um there was uh there was the show property virgin that's a big hit that's been on for 20 years and this is a spin-off of that it's it's property first-time property owners um after the age of 40. so for all of you hgtv fans uh check it out and it's on discovery plus as well And then also, Ralph, we have just been binging these amazing shows. I don't know if people are watching. I know they are. But everyone's talking about Hacks with Gene Smart on HBO Max. And then also Mayor of Easttown with um, Kate Winslet we just finished. Uh, I'm telling you, Mayor of Easttown is some of the most brilliant, dramatic writing Mm. I've ever seen. And the cast is just it, what what I love about um both hacks and the uh mayor of Easttown is and and the mini series also there were no huge names beyond like Kate Winslet and Guy Pierce, but just these amazing seasoned veteran actors that you they're not stars but you they've been working forever um and Dennis and I were talking about it's one of those series where like down to the one line parts are perfectly cast, you know what mm. I mean like not a single moment where anybody sort of takes you out of the story, which is kind of rare in television these days, but also so Jean Smart plays um Kate Winslet's mother in this drama, and then she gets to go and do this just amazing comedic turn in hacks um on h b o max so everyone's I know most people are watching it the thing about HBO Max you have to subscribe to it um but h regular HBO you can just get you know and you can watch it on on demand um mm. if you have spectrum or whatever cable so anyway and, every, and on your end I want to give a show let's give a congrats to our friend Ronnie Butler for making his big big new move and he's now uh built and bought a great new house and i'm telling you ralph everyone's everyone's heading out out to the desert so you've got like five places you can now come and stay at. in i know and everyone has been so generous with their invitation so when the time
2: comes i will be back yes
1: yeah well, what's great about Lonnie. it is we're we're all able to just sort of live within driving to you know what i mean we can just expand outside of the city now, everything's virtual and everything's like Zoom and very little having to be in the city. I mean, you're still mm-hmm. so blessed to be in your childhood home, which exactly. is spectacular. So, and we're all yeah, just loving the fact Rose is doing well and turning goodness. that corner and she made it through uh COVID. So, we have a lot to be really grateful for and your father
2: as well speaking of pulling through COVID, who you'll be seeing in two weeks
1: yes i mean he it's going to be i'll get to be there for his 89th birthday and father's day even though i leave on the i have to come back the day before father's day but we will at least um you know we're going to do a joint birthday um father's day celebration so good which should work out yeah um but yeah, so otherwise I mean we're good. We've just been continuing some home renovations here and you know, self-taping. I had a self-tape today and you know, clients are busier than ever and producing and I think it's uh it's going to be it's going to be a good a good second half of uh 2021, I think. Good. That's good to hear. Thank you. And so um well, we're just going to we're just waiting for Dan to call in and oh, everyone great. yeah and also everyone you can also go to my website jaspercole.com and I want to thank Sunny McCord who's been my webmaster for the last few years um she had her new baby she oh, had a baby great. daughter she Congratulations, lives in Sunny. and then we have to also give a huge congrats to the one and only Erica Renee Davis from breaking the news and from Newman Thomas client and my co-producer on down home design, she is six months pregnant with her uh, new baby daughter. That's going to be uh, born in September. So it's just been, you know, she's going to be, we call it the COVID baby because Mm. she was, you know, she was, uh, she figured she got pregnant around Christmas time in December. So I was thinking about the other day, I was like, Wow, you know, there's going to be a lot of kids born that can look back and say, "I was conceived during COVID," mm. which is which is like you know, like the the Spanish flu from a hundred years ago, right? And they talk about right. um the people that were babies or you know were born or conceived during that time. So, and then also Ralph, I don't know if you watched you know the if you've watched stuff on the Tulsa, Oklahoma massacre it was the 100th anniversary a couple of days ago and they spent all these mm-hmm. amazing specials especially as african-american you know I, I i just everyone please check it out because this is a story that none of us were taught in school at all um greenwood oklahoma which is one of the only places in the country 100 years ago where they were actual billionaires african-american billionaires had their own p- private planes and they you know they they called it the um, the Black Wall Street and mm-hmm. the whole massacre that took place. So everyone check that out. There's been so many documentaries and uh, news specials happening. So, but listen, I think uh, we have our very special guest on the line. So as I mentioned, our guest today is fellow actor and Southerner. I want to talk to him about being from Mississippi. Um, he is currently starring as Elijah Crow on the Always Emmy nominated General Hospital. At this time, please welcome actor Dan White. All right. Welcome, Dan. How are you? Welcome. I am fantastic. Thank you. How
4: you doing?
1: I'm good. This is Jasper. Say hello to Ralph, my co host.
4: Hey Ralph. Hey Jasper. How y'all doing today?
1: Hey, Dan, very well. Welcome
2: aboard this crazy train called one-on-one with Jasper (laughs) Cole.
1: We are eager to hear your story. Well, well, first of all – thank
4: you so much. I really appreciate
1: it. Well, listen, you know, I'm born and raised in Georgia. Ralph is born and raised in L.A., but his mom and, you know, his mom was from Louisiana. And now you're from Mississippi. Did you actually grow up in Mississippi or – did you move away I,
4: so i i was born I was born in Jackson and I lived there for the first four years and then um, okay. I moved to uh back and forth between d c and Tywater, Virginia, but I came back
3: okay.
4: um every summer um until I was grown and then, I, and oh, then wow. I when i uh when I got to college, I went to Jackson State. I actually went to Jackson State University for kindergarten undergrad, and then I came back and taught um after grad school. So Jackson oh, so wow. wow. and Mississippi are very much very much a part of my life. As a matter of fact the uh, the auditorium uh at Jackson State University is named for my grandmother and the federal building downtown is named for my grandfather, Doctor Age McCoy.
1: Oh my God, that is amazing. Well my brother lives in Carthage, Mississippi which is a okay. small town about 60 miles from jackson i i don't know which direction but so i yeah so i would go out and spend a lot of time there and uh he still i mean he still lives there um he worked in the offshore oil business which a lot of guys did in that area um sure but yeah i know that wow so we can talk about fried okra and <laughs> all of it, oh, man, all the it good making me hungry
4: <laughs> Absolutely. I I I, 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 uh, I feel like I make the best catfish west of the Mississippi myself personally. Oh. So yeah. Oh that's we so great, man.
1: Uh, <laughs> well listen, our southern accents will get stronger and stronger as the show goes on. That's what happens to me when I when I call back home or whatever. I'm just suddenly I'm just talking like, you know, as southern as I can be.
4: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that—that that is. Uh, <laughs> I was. Uh, I, I, I direct voiceover as well, um, and I'm working on a really cool video game right now. I, I can't reveal which one it is, but um, I got excited and I said, "Okay." So I was like, all right, here, "Read, read this way, but don't sound like you're from Mississippi. Maintain your uh, your accent if you have." <laughs>
1: Well, you okay. do have a great voice. So, uh, you do, you really do. So, congratulations! Well, first of all, everyone, um, you can, everyone can follow Dan. Um, I guess Instagram is probably the best at that. Dan White. Um, are there other places people, other social media outlets that people can follow you?
4: Yeah, I, I think um, that that Dan White on on that handle on Instagram is the best
1: one. Okay, perfect. Well, listen, I. There's so much because we're both fellow actors and journeyman actors ourselves, and so the first question i want to want to first of all congrats on the elijah crow role um you're kicking ass on the show. I actually got to watch well well i'll t- I'll be honest with you a tr- full disclosure I was flipping around the other day because I'm a huge fan of Cynthia Watros and um <laughs> and so you know and Jeff Cober, I know Jeff Cober from the show and so I, mm-hmm. I saw I stopped because I saw Cynthia. I didn't even know she was on GH, right? And so I'm watching okay. this, and I'm watching the scene, and I'm like, God, who is this guy with her? He's really good, right? So I'm watching oh, the scene, and and then later I talked to Lisa Rodrigo, and she's talking mm-hmm. about her new client and blah blah blah. And then I put two two together that I was actually watching you and and Cynthia. So oh, great. I know. Wow. So tell everyone. Um, had you first of all was it a self tape? Uh, had you been in for Mark Teschner? Was it an offer? Or how did this whole role come about for you?
4: Oh man, this this is. Um, I, I'm so glad you asked. This is a this this story uh, that I'm about to share means a uh, means a tremendous amount to me um, as as an actor as just um, just as a man. In terms of perseverance and and persistence, and and I'll share. um, I'll I'll start. So the first thing you asked was it was was it a self tape? Yes, Uh it was a self tape. Okay, it was a self tape, and it was supposed to be. um, It was supposed to be. I mean, the 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 the, the listing was two to three, two episodes, maybe more.
3: Mm
4: Hmm. Uh, Now. I sent in the self tape and I booked off the self tape, and, and there was the first. There was one audition, no callback, no nothing. Now, that is um, that was a very that was a very uh, special thing because uh, in answer to one of your following questions, had I been in for Mark Kessner before? Um, I Mark Kessner was my first professional audition out of uh, Cal Arts. Um, oh my I graduated. Gosh. From from Cal Arts in Oh three. And, um, uh, May, like, like, like maybe the last week of May, first week of June, 2003, I was up for a contract role for one life live, which was on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The since, since then I've been up for four, maybe five, um, either contract or major recurring roles for Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark has continued to call me in and been a, a champion of my career since the beginning. Um, and another funny thing, and he didn't even know this. I, I told him that recently. That um, first thing, the part about the uh, the first audition, but then the other thing was uh, the the um, my first job out of drama school was a series on Showtime based upon the the Barbershop movies, and. Um, I was actually taking class with Mark Teshner when I booked that.
1: Well, I have to tell you right yeah. there. So I tell people all the time, Dan, in the mid to mid nineties or late nineties, I took an yeah. acting class. I took a, a scene study class with Mark Teshner. Um, And seriously, to this day, I tell people all the time, he was the best acting coach I ever had. He was so good. In fact, that we wanted him to, you know we wanted it to be an ongoing scene study class, but you know he 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 could only do it for like a four week period and right. i I mean, I kid you not. I say that to people all the time because you know he comes from the theater, he comes from New York, and this story that you're telling is so what I preach all the time and what Ralph talks about, and we tell young actors all the time, you know, when you just consistently do good work, you knock out of the park oh, every yeah. audition. You, you you just casting people will they will find the role for you when the opportunity is right, so go ahead, I'm not surprised you had studied with him as well
4: oh yeah, thanks yeah that was um yeah i mean that was that was uh that was it um uh, basically um it was it was funny because I had to miss one class uh-huh. uh, for the screen test. And when I came back in class the next week, he says, "So well, how'd it go?" And I was like, "I booked it," and he was, he was like, "Yes, you did. <laughs> like, you know, it, it was, it was, it was just a wonderful, it was a wonderful thing." But yeah, absolutely, what you're saying. I'll just be sorry to say, uh, yep. stay in class and continue to study. I mean, I, there's been there have been a, a a couple of years out of the years since I've been out of school that I haven't been in class,
1: um, mm-hmm. and
4: and. and Time I've been in class, you know, my booking ratio, my callbacks, everything um, always increase. Uh, right. It's just how it is. I mean, it's just like anything else. I mean, if, if you're, it, you know, you wouldn't go run a marathon if you hadn't been getting the miles in for, Training. for you know, six months before, a year before, continuously doing it. Um, you know, and that, that's really what it is. Um, I'm, I'm studying with uh, Gloria Gifford right now. I've been working with her oh, yeah. the last few years. Gloria's and, great.
1: Uh, you know, she's a she's a yeah, great I, actress on her own.
4: Absolutely. I mean, and, and I mean, super accomplished. Um, you know, Bill Cosby discovered her. Richard Pryor. She played Richard Pryor's wife in her first film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's she's really fantastic. what I love about her class is it really really reminds me of drama school because we study, um, you know, we, we're studying film and we're we're working on the classic, the classical stuff and the contemporary stuff all the time. And it's really a wonderful thing. And she actually coached me through um, a lot of my GH work uh, because she's a huge fan of the show. So, I mean, it's really been, um, I've really had some some wonderful, um, you know, teachers and just people who have just been a really real blessing to uh, to me just as a person and, and to me as, to me, the actor.
1: Well, you know, another thing you said that's so important is the fact that your uh, Elijah was, you know, initially meant to be a couple of episodes. You know, that's another thing that happens, especially in daytime. <clears throat> you know, yeah. I tell people all the time as well, uh, you, we can go down the list of uh, roles that were starting out as like a, a day player. They became a principal and then they became a contract or whatever. So um, now how, how are you finding, how do you like the pace of the daytime schedule and the daytime TV shooting. Oh, I mean, it's 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 great. I mean, it's intense.
4: You got you got to I mean, you have. I mean, it has to be one hundred percent your focus. Um, yeah, and it's a fantastic thing. I mean, it's like you 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 get. I mean, there, there are days. Um, you know, there are days we're doing like several episodes, sometimes two episodes in a day, or you know, three days back to back, or you know, because I I think the. Um, I feel like the the contract folks um, have at least two shows a week, if not more than mm-hmm.
1: that. They have and, like a guarantee,
4: uh, right? And then for for the you know recurring folks, we um you know like the more you get, the more of a blessing it is. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it was like there were there were weeks where I was shooting three episodes uh, in you know three or four days, and mm-hmm. that pace, was, you know that pace is no joke. I mean you got you know, usually twenty twenty five pages of scripts, um, you know, per episode, and sometimes the turnaround time. Like one time, we got out at like nine thirty, and we had to be back on set at seven. Um, mm. So it's it's uh, it was it was a scene, the the scene where we had to be back the next morning was uh, when I was showing Cynthia around, showing uh, Nina around uh, around Nick's and and it was a real heavy dialogue between just two people and um, so that pace you know it was it was intense but I mean it was like you know I think that's what makes uh uh, an artist or or any professional or professional is the ability to um get you have whatever problem or or whatever piece or whatever thrown at them and be able to turn it around um you really quickly you know what I'm saying like you know, if you hired if you hired a, a piano player for a wedding, uh, the night before you, you wouldn't want them to be like, well, I gotta go over this. I gotta
1: go over this for, for a couple of weeks. <laughs> you know what
4: I'm saying? So,
1: well, you I know, the other true. thing is when you've done like we all have when you do the one when you do the network hour shows, right? When you go do like you've done Empire, Chicago Med, all those, you know, you know how much time is quote wasted. You know how much you sit around or whatever. What I love about a daytime schedule is it's quick. You, I mean, unless the camera knocks you to the ground, you know, it's pretty much hit it and go and uh you're not going to sit around for hours waiting on setups and stuff like that. So I, I, I love the pace of it. And another thing like you're yeah. talking about when you have people like Cynthia Watros to some of our listeners yeah. may not know, but you no, know, here's a, here's a an actress who started in daytime, won Emmys in daytime went and had an incredible nighttime career, you know, with series regulars on, on Lost and the Drew Carey show and, mm-hmm. and, you know, is, is back on daytime. There's no, there's nothing, there's no boundaries anymore about daytime, nighttime film, you know, um, <laughs> work and work and, and you're getting to work with these amazing people. Well, they're getting to work there's- with you. Let's, let's say it that way.
4: <laughs> oh, that is very that is very generous, sir. I, I do appreciate that. But I mean the, the you know, the, the honor the honor and the pleasure are, are truly mine. Um yeah, to, to to be able to step you know, to be able to step on the set with with Cynthia, uh, with Maurice. Um mm. you know, I mean it's like folks just folks just be having Emmys up in there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So, like uh
3: Well, yeah, you know, so like really
1: so Kathleen Gotti, who's a dear friend of mine, Kathleen is another one that she, I think her role initially was supposed to be like two episodes, and now she's been on, she's been reoccurring for years on there, you know, she plays, she plays the the Hungarian doctor, I, I don't, the, I forget her character's name, but, and then Jeff Kober, who plays Cyrus, I believe he was another one that, you know, that was supposed to be a couple of episodes, and he just got his first Supporting Actor Emmy nomination last week, so, Right, I think I think we'll be seeing your name this time next year.
4: Oh, that I, you know, you will lift to God's ears, brother. I appreciate I appreciate that, man. Thank Dan, so I well. have
1: a question for you.
4: Yes, sir.
2: This is from an from actor to actor. Um, it's very it's it, it's so great. You're so gregarious. It's nice to hear your stories, and it's very easy to hear you say things like, yeah, well, you know, we get 20 to 25 pages of dialogue, and we had a fast turnaround from 9 to 7, a 10-hour turnaround, where I had to have heavy dialogue with my co-actor, just the two of us. So my question, and that all sounds great, and it's like, wow, how did you do it? What is your Uh, process? How do you learn all those mother lines?
4: Um you know what? Um, it's called
1: a pay a paycheck.
4: Right, right. Like you not want it like I
2: not want to go up there and not
1: know.
4: Uh fear and money.
2: Okay, thanks. Thank you. Moving on. No, I'm I mean, we've all
1: we've all had those dreams, right? That reoccurring dream where we go we get to we go on stage or we get on set and we don't know our lines at all. I don't even know where we are.
4: Oh man. Yeah.
1: That's, that's, that's just, that is a nightmare. That is not, or I mean,
4: and, and I, I'll tell you a funny story. Um, I, I do want, but I seriously do want to address what, what Ralph was saying, um, like seriously about how we do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I had a, a friend of mine. I, I just, I just paid, I pay a friend to drill the lines with me until I got them. So I, I was mm-hmm. up late that night, but you know, literally um yeah, I call I called in support on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I heard I, like Robert Downey Jr. was talking on the Actors Studio some years ago um, about the the, the method, which is where you write the first letter of each um, word mm-hmm. and you memorize it that way. Um, and that that is great, and that really does work if you have a little bit more time than you know tomorrow. <laughs> et right, right. Yeah. Um, I think that that's a, that's a fantastic method too, um, that really works in scene study. Um, but uh, yeah, I I literally just pay somebody to drill to drill me with the lines I see. Um, until I have it, and it really really works because you because if they're reading the cue lines, that helps with that as well. So mm-hmm. I think that if, if I if I need to know something really quickly, that's that's what I do, and that that is per Gloria Gifford, um,
3: mm. who
4: I who I. Uh, email from set, and I'm like Gloria, I'm freaking out. I thought I was going to be out at five. I'm not going to be out. Da, da, da. And we just got a call. She was like, all right. And she sent me one of my classmates uh, who who uh, stayed with me on the phone for for three hours until
2: I had that thing down.
1: Mm. Wow, wow. God, well, you know, a gr- th- thank
2: you, Dan, for answering that. Oh, my pleasure, it, my pleasure. I'm you know, here. every hope- every
1: show is mm-hmm. different too, because I have friends that work on. Day, days of our lives and y and r um do you guys work do you do the the split shift like the day half a day people come in and then a, a second shift comes later, or are you there like twelve hours a day oh
4: no i i um i i I was never there twelve hours like like um even the first day we shot. Um, my call time was six forty-five. We did two episodes. I was out of there at eleven. I was like, "What do I do now?"
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my um, god, that is better, that is that is, to, that is heaven. Because you know, on these other, yeah. you go on these one-hour shows, and you're there like fifteen hours a day. You know, in your trailer waiting.
4: Yeah, I, I, yeah. See, the thing the thing with that is, um, I know exactly what you mean. Those situations are. I'm in my trailer, and I'm just like, you know. Playing a video game on my iPad or something <laughs> like that. And I'm just like chilling and and just like
2: reveling in the fact that I'm working.
4: <laughs> right, know, right, you know,
2: yes. right. You that know, you're working I, I, and that you directed the video game that you're watching. Okay, and go. <laughs> <laughs> right.
4: Sometimes, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, let me ask Listen, you this. downtime oh, go on. Oh no, I was just gonna say. You know. Um, actors will ask this a lot of times, especially in daytime. Uh, with this, um, do you feel like every show is different? Do you have to be letter perfect? I know we want. I know you are, and you try to be. But is there pressure from the producers? Is, are there times when you you and the other actor can rehearse it and sort of make the scene close to what's written, or do you try to stick letter perfect?
4: Um, great question. Um, I try to stay as letter perfect as possible.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, they, I mean, they're not—they're not going to—they're not going to yell cut in the middle of the scene. I mean, you know what I'm saying, unless it's just right. Uh, unless it's unless it's, <laughs> it's, it's throwing. I mean, really, I, like I, I, yeah, I've seen that where it's like somebody said uh instead of the, uh, and you know, uh-huh. the, the, the 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 you know. The the scene was stopped and said, well, you know, don't you don't have to stop it for that or whatever. And I'm not even talking about on GH per se, but just just in my experience, um, right? With with GH, I, like they they don't, you know, they want you to be word perfect because you know they pay the writers a lot of money sure, to write your sure. words, so it's like right. you know, they give these people their their, their proper. Um, you know, the the, uh, the turnaround is pretty. The turnaround is pretty fast, though.
1: Right, right. No, we haven't even
4: like. Ha- more word perfect you can be, the, the the easier it is for, uh, the time, you know, mm-hmm. for, for the production. Well, we haven't even so, talked about. I, wor- wor- oh, sorry. Go yeah. ahead. No, I'm saying. So did I? Did I answer your question? I, I try to be as word perfect as I can. Um, just just out of consideration for the writers and respect for them and, and, and the other actors.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it's going to lead me to the question about rehearsals. You know, you've been doing this during COVID. And so pre-COVID, you know, you a lot of times actors would, would be able to maybe get together and run it. I, you do the blocking and stuff. But my friends who work now in daytime were telling me that, is it true you, if you, you're kind of rehearsing with the person on the phone, like, from dressing room to dressing room, or are you actually getting to run it with say Cynthia or.
4: Um, it, it, does usually. Okay. So, um, with this situation. Yes. Like, I mean, cause we were both kind of like, especially that particular day, we were both there late and had to be right back. Um, mm-hmm. So we just we just sat, we just sat in the green room and just rocked it for like an hour, which I was very very thankful for. Um, right. Typically, typically though, I mean, like you know, with the COVID regulations, um, you don't really see too many people that aren't directly in the scene with you, or mm-hmm. uh, that, that that you that you don't have a reason to have direct contact with, um, just to minimize every you know to minimize mm-hmm. the risk. So I, I, I suspect you know, we're, we're, you know, we're pre, pre-COVID or, you know, uh, maybe a couple of years from now, I'm sure it'll be a lot more open and we'll be able to get together a lot more. But mm-hmm. in these situations, though, and when I was running the lines with um, with my, my friend Samaya, like, I we were on FaceTime.
1: Right. right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. I, I know pre-COVID, like, especially with daytime, you know, actors would, like, come to each other's dressing room and try to run it before you did the blocking and, and that kind of thing. And, and now I, you know, it all has changed. So had you worked, um, mm-hmm. had you worked other jobs during COVID or was GH your first, first one? Yeah, I've, I've,
4: um, I've done a lot of, um, well, this was, no, 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 no. I did a, I did a film, uh, last fall and I've done mm-hmm. voiceover throughout whether I, whether it's directing or performing, um, and everything like that. And the, the, the the voiceover stuff, um, sometimes I do, I I direct from home via zoom. Right. And then I'm in the booth. I'll go into the booth, um, at whatever studio and it's super isolated. Um, when I did the, uh, film in, in, in October, um, it was, you know, we had our rapid testing Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know social distancing but i mean it was it was and it, the the person i was running my stuff with uh for the team we uh we were able to do it in a kind of a socially distanced way but everybody had had a negative covid test uh you know and gotten the results the day before so we were all you know uh relatively i mean you know as as far as we could as far as the, all the precautions we could take we had taken them so it, mm-hmm. it wasn't too too much different
1: well, I've been, Ralph and I, I've been lucky enough, I mean, I've worked, I've worked during COVID like two or three times. Ralph has chosen okay. because of, Ralph has yet to do that, but we, have every time, you know, every actor who, who we speak to has had sort of a different experience, but I wanted to ask you now, now since vaccinations, I know the testing mm-hmm. remains the same, but do you feel even on the set a little bit more of a... Uh, what is the word? A little bit more relaxed, just knowing that most people have been vaccinated.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 um, I, I, so I got the first dose um, of the Moderna shot like right before, um, like maybe the week before I, I was cast, and then the, I heard the second dose took you out. So. Right. Know. Right. I didn't get I, I I didn't get the second dose for a minute uh but once I you know I I certainly felt a lot better I mean af- after the first dose they said that you're your 50% um you know your your resistance is up to 50% and then the, the second dose you know with the with those with Moderna and Pfizer I think picked mm-hmm. it up to like 95 plus right? right so I certainly I certainly felt better uh, about it and like I said we'll get those covid tests I mean they Sometimes they had the rapid one the day of, mm-hmm. um, and then they had the ones that you know you would take the day before, and we were you know they were very very uh, particular about that.
1: So now, like say like when you say you're working tomorrow or uh, on GH, do you just do you have to get tested before, or do you just get tested when you get there, or how how does that work now?
4: Yeah, you, you tested day before.
1: Day before, got it. Okay. Yeah, that's how. That's yeah. It's all been every show's different, you know. So, but listen, before time runs out, I wanted to talk to you about your voiceover career. You know, voiceover. The voiceover world is a very is a is a, a world unto itself. And once you've been able to crack that nut, so to speak, as you have, um, did you start out doing voiceovers from the beginning? Was that something that? How did that happen for you?
4: Yeah, I, so I, I I started doing radio. I was doing I, I was doing radio in, back in Jackson, um, I, I started gospel radio, and then I went to R and B, and then I went to hip hop. Um, and fast forward, I uh, I used to always imitate um, like like Isaac Hayes and
2: mm-hmm. Barry
4: White, and um, and even a character that was on Snoop Dogg's first record, uh, this, this <laughs> DJ that did all these skits. So I was, doing, I was interning out here um, one summer, and then fast forward five years later, the, the friend of mine who I was interning for said, hey, remember that voice you would always do? Come do it for this. I'm doing this pilot, and I want you to do it for the theme song and do all the teasers and breaks. And, um, and, and if, if the show gets picked up, then, then you'll, be the, you'll be the voice and you'll sing the theme song. I said, cool. And the show ended up being number one on MTV for like five years. Wow. Um, it was a show about cars, uh, called Pit My
1: Ride. Oh yeah, I remember that.
4: So so that was that was how I got into voiceover. Uh, my first job was, was saying, So you wanna be a player, but your wheels ain't fly, you gotta hit up, up to get a pump out drive. So that was uh that was that was my entry to the professional voiceover world in, mm. in Los Angeles and um since, since then uh, video games cartoons commercials uh, I did a Taco Bell campaign uh, I was the voice of the six dollar burger for Carl jr um, a lot of different really cool um, things and then, and then uh, the, the I, I did a project uh, a couple years ago and the, the director was I mean not the director the producer was also a uh, Cal Arts guy who happened to be from Jackson, uh, wow. named Bo Pruch, and he uh, and, and he's a, a, one of the one of the leaders at Blind Light Studios, and that's how I got into directing, um, and everything like that. And I, I've been directing for the last couple of years, um, and it's real. It's really fantastic uh, to to do it because I'm I'm an actor, so I know how to talk to mm-hmm. uh, another how to talk to another actor and and, and get to get to the performance. So it's just, it's just, uh, it's been a wonderful journey uh, thus, thus far, um, you know, of course with we, on camera uh, and voiceover as well. I mean, and we're, we're, we're artists. So we, we, right. you know, we, you know we, we, we make art. So
1: Well, you know, yeah, Dan, what's amazing of- is like what you're saying about even the, the way you broke into voiceovers. I, I, I tell actors all the time, like everybody, things happen, right? Like you couldn't, taking a work, a workshop didn't get you that job. You know what I mean? It's like everybody's story is so different of how they break into the business. And so right. um, that's why I wanted you to talk about the voiceover thing. Cause everybody, everybody comes at it in different ways. And so if you were to go back and try to plan it, you were like, you could have never, you couldn't have planned it to think that's what's going to happen. And then suddenly you're right. going to have a voiceover career, which is kind of like what happens with our, acting career but we don't get, you know when we first started when we we're young we don't get that you know we we have to realize that later after we've been in the business for a while so um right.
4: well and, yeah. i want and I, I do want to add one thing to that really quickly um while i was in while i was doing pin my ride i was in class at the voice caster taking a commercial workshop and an animation mm-hmm. workshop so, you know, the, some the, an opportunity will present itself and you get your foot in the door, but the craft and working on yep. the craft is what keeps you in the door. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the the, un, the the through line there is, yes, I was very fortunate to get that break, but um, the first thing I did was take the advice of, of a mentor and jump in class.
2: Excellent. Well, Dan, I want to uh, ask you just as a, a, a random question, have you ever gotten the Pleasure or opportunity to work with Rolanda Watts.
4: Um, I haven't worked with Rolanda Watts. I have a lot of respect for her. Though. She, she, she's a, she's she's a, a veteran and a, yes, a wonderful uh, person from what I've seen.
1: Okay, thank you. Well, good. Well, truth be told, she's a she's a great colleague. She's a she's a great person. I'm actually going to be taking her her masterclass voiceover workshop starting in in June because I I did a um unscripted, I mean, I did a scripted audio series that got some attention this summer and she thinks really? that I would do, she thinks I would do really well in the video game world playing the bad guys and the kind of characters I play. So yeah, so I'm actually taking her workshop starting in a couple of weeks um, for, fun. for a voiceover. So that was sort of, that's sort of what happened to me. I ended up getting this, opportunity to do a lead and a scripted audio series but because of that I now want to go and actually learn to know what the hell I'm doing right and to expand my possibilities so um and that's why we love Rolanda and she's had this amazing voiceover career as well as on camera like you know all Mm -hmm. of us so so hey down the road maybe you know what maybe you'll be directing a video game I'm voicing so who knows but in the meantime keep kicking ass over at General Hospital and you know come back anytime it's, it's never long enough on the show for sure yeah listen Dan come back that, and
2: man. make some come back and make some catfish so Denise Boutte can put some Louisiana sauce on it yeah <laughs> oh, now you talking
1: now you talking it's well, listen, buddy, con- continued success and stay healthy and hope to meet you in person one day soon. But um, just keep, keep up the great work over there.
4: Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. This was, this was fantastic. Ralph Jackson, thank you so much for having me.
1: You're very welcome. Thank well you, with Dan. Me. Take care. Have a great evening. Thank okay. you. Right. Wow, I love fellow actors Fellow actors that
2: are gregarious He is a fantastic man So that was a very good interview As all of our interviews are I mean, God, like You know, we bring out the best in people The best in people come to us Thank you, Lisa Rodrigo Thank you for everyone that Wants to be on our show And talk to us you know, Dan White is great because he is no joke about, and you're the same, got the job,
1: let me learn the craft even more. You know, so it's. And, fun, I, you it's know, fun. again, he, I feel like there's a kinship because with all three of us, you know, we've been in the game. And what I love about him, too, is like, I just want all young actors listening just, you know, so he meets Mark Tesner 18 years ago. And 18 years later, he books General Hospital after, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like after many auditions and screen tests. And so for all the actors out there who think, you know, uh, I didn't book that job. So that means I didn't do a great job. It's not about that. It's about you just continue to show up, do great work. And, you know, when, there, when your time comes, you'll, it'll be your time. And so... <laughs> It's amazing. Well, Ralph, thank you so much, everyone. We're back. We're, we'll have next week. We are going to be joined by uh, amazing stand-up comedian, former writer, producer on the the original Roseanne series, now author of her new book, Lois Bromfield. We go back thirty years. So oh, much to talk great. about. I'm reading her book now, and I'm laughing and I'm crying because we have a dear friend. Steve Moore, that she dedicates an entire chapter to. Um, we'll talk about that when she's going to be here next, uh, next Thursday. Same place, same time. Yay. Ralph, give Rose, give Rose a big hug from Dennis and I. Thank you, Jasper.
2: Thank you, Dennis. And,
1: and much love. And everyone, thank you for everything. And we'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Bye. Bye-bye, planet Eartha.
0: Thanks for checking out one-on-one with Jasper Cole. Check out past episodes and get the latest as they're released. Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.